Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am your host, Matt Wallach, and I am really, really excited to talk to you today, mostly on this episode or on this show, rather. Every episode is an interview. Now, I have had a few on solo, but that's going to be what we're doing today. I'm going solo because I've had several software founders ask me some questions lately, and I want to make sure I give all of those answers right now. I want to make sure that I get those questions answered so you know what you need. The main thing that's been happening lately, the main question is, hey, I want to know where the roadblocks are. I want to start my journey get my SaaS launched, get this thing growing, get it scaled, and eventually exit for a ton of money. If that's the case, if I'm going to be doing that, where are the pitfalls? Where am I going to run into challenges? What are the things that SaaS founders find as major issues? And so that's what we're going to touch on today. Where are the most common mistakes that software founders, that SaaS founders make? So I'm just going to I'm just going to ruminate. I'm just going to go through each of these things for you, try and hit them, try and make sure that you understand where the potential issues could be, what you can do to overcome them, and how you can scale much, much more quickly than maybe you'd even dreamed. The goal, let's see if we can get you some solved problems, see if we can get those challenges overcome. Man, let's make some things happen. I'm super excited. All right, let's get to it. And by the way, Make sure that you are subscribing to our show. If you're the first time here, subscribe. That way you're going to get each episode. We usually interview some CEO, founder, some expert in the space within the software world. And what they're going to do is they're going to share their journey. How did they do it? How did they make it happen? I ask them step by step, what went right? What went wrong? What should new founders do? What should leaders of SaaS companies do in order to scale their companies? Every single week, you're going to get new, awesome stuff on that. So please make sure you subscribe. Now, this topic, I was going to touch on on my YouTube channel. By the way, if you haven't seen me on YouTube, definitely go look for me there, Matt Wallach. You'll find a ton of stuff. I'm putting out a lot of content every week to make sure that you understand how to do demos, how to run discovery calls, how to grow your sales team, uh, what to avoid, what to make sure that you're doing, a lot of different things on YouTube, making sure that you have everything you need so you can really crush it with your software company. So follow me over there, but let's talk about this. So this is pretty important. There are definitely some areas. In fact, I see four main areas where you can run into challenges that are going to stop you, that are going to just make it so that your company goes kaput. And that is definitely not something that we want. We do not want to have an issue like that where you could run into a uh, a situation where a lot of people say you need to go get a real job. So we don't want to have to worry about that. If we're software founders, we consider this a fun journey. We consider it kind of playing for fun and you're not worried about, well, you're worried about a lot, but you don't have to report to somebody. You don't have to work a nine to five job. So we don't want to have to go back to that. And I've been there with that fear of, oh no, our company is not going to make it. I'm going to have to update my resume and start throwing this out. I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to be, what company I want to work for. I'm going to have to put my resume out 
and go through interviews. That doesn't sound like fun at all. So let's not do that. Let's make sure that your company grows, it's strong, it's healthy, it's got enough cash to be able to fuel that flame, and you can take off. You can get to those wildest dreams. All right. So what are these things? What are the major pitfalls? Well, number one, if you're getting a software company launched, the number one thing that you've got to be thinking about is, hey, I built this product. I've got this amazing new thing that's going to solve problems. And I hope you believe in your product. It should be good. You should be excited for it. But the thing that we got to have happen is you've got to be able to attract all of the perfect fit customers to you. And so one of the major things that people run into issues with is they don't know how to generate leads. Now, when you generate leads, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And one of my old sales mentors from a long time ago, he said, you know what? There's two ways to do marketing. You can either put in the time or you can put in the money. If you think about it, everything that you might have on marketing all comes down to that. Are you going to spend the time or are you going to spend the money? Now, when you're an early stage software company, most people don't have enough money in the bank unless you got some huge amount of seed funding. Most people don't have a ton of money to throw around to be able to market. And so what we need to do is figure out where can we allocate our time best so that we can get the necessary leads, that we can get our marketing out there, we can get our brand out there, we can build a presence, we can create a buzz even, that would be gold if you could. What can you do to be able to generate a ton of interest? Now, I see this happen a lot when a lot of software founders come to my program and we have a software founders program specifically for B2B SaaS founders. We have a program where we mentor them, we guide them, I show them step-by-step exactly what to do. It makes it super easy so you don't have to go through trial and error or worry about anything of, do I do this, do I do that? No, we'll just give you the answer. That way you can scale. But when I have people coming to me, they don't have the answers and they're always worried. And one of the things they say is, hey, I'm not sure how to generate leads or Sometimes they figured out one method for generating leads. And they say, we've got this thing. It's working. I say, okay, what else are you doing? We don't have anything else. So you've got one that's working. Okay, one marketing channel. Great. Well, guess what? If you have a marketing channel that's working well, and you're riding it, and you're riding it, you're like, this is great. We're getting leads from this. Things that happen in marketing are crazy. But one of the things that happens is that marketing channels fluctuate a lot. Things change. And so someday, that channel is going to dry up, meaning you've got nothing left. So what do we want to do? Create multiple marketing channels. I want a bunch of different things happening. I've got things working here and then over here, and then we've got that and we do that. Let's get four, five, six marketing channels. That way, if one dries up, no worries. You still have many, many more taking care of you. So the number one thing that I see founders not doing, they're not generating enough leads. They're not getting enough channels in play. They're not maximizing those channels to get those leads generated. So if you want to be able to grow your company right from the start, you've got to be able to attract ideal customers to you. Make sure you're doing that. Okay. That's one. Number two, once you have those leads, you've got them, you figured out a way to get them coming to you. The number one thing I see people doing at that point is they forget that there are more steps in the funnel. So I see software companies, they work on this attraction. You put a bunch of marketing out. We talked about you spend a lot of time or you spend a lot of money and you get these leads. And then you think, okay, we've got the leads, but then we have to close them. 
guess what? There's actually some steps in between because you might be getting leads, but you're not converting them. You're not engaging with them. And if you don't engage with your leads or if they don't engage with you, you've got no shot. Okay. In B2B software, when you're working with price points north of $50 a month, that means the average price for your customer base for the entire user set of each company is more than $50, you're not going to be able to automate that process. You can't, I mean, of course, that's a dream, right? Hey, we built this software. Why don't we just create a funnel, get everybody in, they'll see the product, they'll love it, and they just sign up automatically, right? Well, that sounds great. Guess what? It's not going to happen, okay? Unless you're a $9 product, you're not going to have somebody just click through and start buying stuff. Think about it. You have a $100 product, $200 product, $500 product, a $500 product is a $6,000 a year commitment. A $500 a month product times 12 is a $6,000 a year product. At $6,000, nobody is going through your funnel, seeing the product, even doing a trial and saying, yes, I love it. We're signing up. You need to engage with them. You need to connect with them. You have to have some sort of personal connection. And I'm talking here a demo. The demo is the number one most important thing. So if you're not setting up the right process, the right steps to be able to engage, and once you have the lead, get those leads down your funnel, get them past awareness, get them to interest, make sure that they're taking action, okay? We want to get them booking calls, booking demos, talking with us, talking with our sales team. That'll give you the best opportunity to be able to close them. So what most companies are doing, most software companies that are not performing well, they're missing engagement. There's a gap between the lead coming in and the lead booking a demo. And in that gap is engagement. You've got to figure out a way to get them to engage with you. If you can, you're on your way. So we've got don't miss the lead generation opportunities. And we've got don't think that there's no engagement needed. There's two. The third one, I wish more software companies knew how to run a demo. The demo is the number one most powerful way to close a deal. In fact, I had Chad Stewart, who's a professional software buyer on the show. If you want, scroll down. You'll see Chad Stewart. He is an amazing software buyer. All he does, big companies, they hire him to go buy their software for him. So all he does all day, every day is go through software sales processes. You want to see an expert on software sales processes? This guy. Well, I had the pleasure of having him on the show. Now, previously, it would have been me selling to him since he's the buyer. I've been in software sales for a long time. And so it was funny to have this conversation, whereas previously, maybe we would have been on opposite sides of the table. Well, anyway, I asked him, I said, tell me, how important is a sales process? Because I've believed the sales process forever has been the thing. You can differentiate on sales process alone. In fact, that is one of the best ways to differentiate. A lot of software these days is very similar. Newsflash, it's very alike. And you might think you have a different product. You might think your product separates. It's this much better. Guess what? The market doesn't see it. It is hard for your market to understand the difference between products. In fact, it's pissed me off sometimes when I've had my product and I know it's better. And I'm talking with a prospect and I say, hey, look at this, look at this. Look at this. And they don't see a difference between our product and that crappy product down the street. It drives me nuts, or it should say it drove me nuts when I was building the software companies. So don't think that you're going to differentiate with product easily. Yes, you might have an amazing product, 
it's going to be difficult to be able to convince the market of that, especially in the early days. Okay. The way to differentiate is in the sales process. I thought that I had seen that, but I wanted to ask Chad, the software buyer. And I said, Chad, does it matter? And he said, it absolutely matters. If I'm going through a process, bidding out three, four, five different companies, and one unquestionably rises above in their sales process, they've got everything dialed in, they're taking charge, they're educating me, they're showing our team exactly how everything should work, they're being consultants, they're being guides. If there is a company doing that versus the others, it's a no-brainer. If they're that good in sales, if they've got everything dialed in in sales, guess what? The rest of the company probably has everything dialed in as well. So not only do you feel good going through the sales process, but you see that as, hey, this company has got things rocking. They live by process and frameworks, meaning once we get started, the system is probably excellent. The service is probably amazing. The team is awesome. The sales is a reflection on the rest of the company. That was one amazing thing I loved hearing because I've always believed it. The sales process matters. The other thing I asked him is, how important is the demo? I mean, is it big? I mean, Matt, I'm this demo guy. I tell everybody they got to have a great demo. How important is it really? Well, guess what? He said it's the number one most important thing in the sales process. So the sales process is important. And of that big important thing, the number one most important thing is the demo. If you have a bad demo, you've got no shot. But as Chad said, if you have a demo that is far and above everybody else's, you have an amazing opportunity to close the deal. Your demo can be so powerful that it literally pulls the prospect towards your product. It shows them you have got to get this. And so one of the main things that I see software companies doing poorly that's killing them is they don't structure their demo well enough. They don't understand how to make discovery powerful. They don't know how to educate during that demo process. They don't know how to associate their product to the solution that they're looking for, to the needs that the prospect is looking for. And they certainly don't know how to take charge and lead. Of course, there are very technical aspects to that. There are specific methods and frameworks to each of those pieces. In fact, in our program, in our Software Founders program, we teach it. It's called the perfect deal process. There are 40 different things that you must do in your demo. 40. It's a lot. When you can deliver it well, man, it feels like a warm blanket to the prospect. They love it. They absolutely adore it. It makes it easy to close deals. The problem is most people don't know what all those are. But what software founders don't do, and this is why it's a mistake, you don't have to know all those. You should go talk to somebody and figure it out. Talk to a sales expert. Get somebody to coach you on exactly how to run your demos. Because like we just heard, the demos are the number one thing of the number one thing. It's the number one most important piece of the sales process. That's what differentiates you. And the demo is what makes or breaks. So why would you leave that up to chance? I see so many software demos. People submit them to me. Hey, can you help me? I hear, I see it. I watch it. I have all the demos. And I would say a good 93, 94, 95% of them are terrible. Not just like, oh, that was okay. They're terrible. I'm not trying to say this to beat people down. The good news is once you understand the right framework, once you get how to make it right, now you're part of the top 5%. Now you're crushing the competition. When you understand how to make sure your demos yank the heartstrings of your prospect so that they don't leave the demo saying, this was neat. 
I appreciate it. Thanks for showing it. We like it. We'll talk with our team. We'll let you know. We don't want, we'll let you know. We don't want, we'll think it over. Nobody thinks it over. That's them saying, we didn't believe it. We don't think it's going to do it. We don't trust you well enough. It's not happening. We want, holy cow, where has this product been? Why have we not used this sooner? How soon can we get started? This is amazing. That's what you want. When you know how to run a demo, how to structure it the right way, those are the things you hear. One of my clients, Mike, he went from 20% close rate to 70% close rate once he started putting in this right framework. 70%. Amazing, amazing stuff. So we want to make sure that we get the demo structured. Again, the biggest pitfall is trying to do the demo on your own. Demoing is not about showing your product. There's so much more to it. In fact, one of my clients, Bernard, a few weeks into the program, he said, holy cow, I've just got a revelation. The demo is so much more than the demo. I said, that's brilliant. Bernard, you just created the best saying I could have ever thought of. The demo is so much more than the demo because we think, oh, we demo. We just show the product, right? Oh man, there is so much more to it. If you're just showing the product, we need to get in touch ASAP. I will show you how to fix that because you are probably losing a bunch of deals. The demo is so much more than the demo. And the software founders who don't go out and find the right way to do it, don't go out and ask the coaches or the experts or the people who've done it who are closing incredibly high rates. If you're not having somebody build your demo for you and structure it the right way, you're missing out. You're losing. That's where a lot of founders break down. Okay. So we're not generating leads enough. That's the number one. Number two, we don't engage. We don't think about engaging. We don't think that that's even a thing. We don't make sure that the buyers are engaging with us. And number three, we don't focus on the demo enough. The final thing where founders and software companies are failing, this one's a killer. They don't know how to scale. They don't know how to repeat. What happens is in the early days, the founders and early leaders, they care about the product. They care about the market. They care about the mission, the vision, all of that so much. You've got so much passion. You believe in what you're doing. You believe in your product. You believe in your team. You're all in. I've been there. I know how it feels. It's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. The problem is once you realize that you need to start scaling, you've built this company, you've gotten some deals closed. Now you need to step out because you don't want to do sales calls all day, every day. Who does? You don't want to do sales calls all day, every day. I love sales. I still don't want to do sales calls all day, every day. So you've got to figure out where can you scale? And that is where founders hit a wall. Because guess what? Now you need to hire somebody. First of all, where to hire, who to hire, how to answer those, how to ask them questions, how to pay them, how to manage. That's a tough thing. How to understand all that, that is hard. We work with people to get them hiring the right people, showing them how to do it. Most of them go in knowing no idea. So not only that, besides that, let's say you get a rock star. Let's say it works out. You get somebody amazing. And I've done this. I've gotten people who were amazing salespeople in other companies to come to our company. They failed. They failed because I didn't have the right process. Getting things off the ground and launched and getting some early traction, that's a lot of passion. If you can do some of those things that I just said you shouldn't do, if you can generate some leads, if you can get engagement from those leads, and if you can close some deals, you can do that with passion. As a founder, your sheer willpower, your effort is going to be huge because you care so much. So you can get some deals closed because people will believe in the mission because you believe in it. The problem is 
that next person that comes in, that salesperson that you hire, you're feeling all good about it. They don't have the same level of passion. The people you hire will never have the same level of care as you. As much as you can train them, as much as you can hire for culture, it doesn't matter. They're not founders. I mean, even early leaders, they're not going to have the same level of passion. Besides that, they won't know the history or the stories or the market as well. You're not going to find somebody who's just going to come in and sell if you don't have a process. So whereas the early days, it's all about passion, once it's time to scale, you need a process. You've got to have a framework. You've got to know that, boom, if we do this, then this happens. Then this happens. And lastly, this happens. And once you have that right, now you can get somebody to come in, follow the process, and bingo, you can scale. I was just talking with the founder yesterday. He said he's very frustrated because he's built it going well, but he can't get out of the sales role. He's fired two amazing salespeople that he hired. He hired one, thought it'd be amazing, didn't work out, didn't have the right process. Hired the second one, thought it'd be amazing, didn't work out, didn't have the right process. It doesn't matter how good the salesperson is if you don't have a framework for them to step in and crush it. So not having the right structure and the right process before you try to scale is one of the biggest pitfalls there is. A lot of founders bomb out at this stage because you try and try, realize you cannot get somebody in to do just as well as you, and you burn out. It's rough. Make sure you have the right process. Okay. I hope that this was helpful. We want to make sure that we know how to generate leads through multiple channels. We want to make sure that those leads are engaging. They're getting more buy-in, more commitment. They're wanting to talk with us. When they talk with us, we have to make sure we have a demo structured so well that they want to sign up, that they need to sign up. They feel the urge to sign up. And lastly, we've got a framework for the entire process that we can step out of the day-to-day and somebody else can come in. You can create that machine. These are the four things, the four main areas where I see software companies failing. If you can solve these, you're going to take off. Like that's how it is. If you can figure those out, you're going to be a big-time company. So if you want help on figuring those out, by the way, send me a message. You can shoot me a note. You can LinkedIn me. You can go find me on my website, mattwallach.com. Whatever it is, I'll be sure to give you some advice, try and help you. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this was helpful. If so, send me a note. Please also submit a review for this show. I would really appreciate to hear what you have to say. Put in a review, put in a rating. I would love to see that. That really helps us know where we can guide, where we can give you more content. So I really appreciate you coming. Subscribe to the show. That way you'll get all of the next interviews coming up. We've got some great ones. I've got some lined up. You're going to love these. Some great content from some great creators. So subscribe. Sastry in the making. Super happy to have you here. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation.